Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon. Well, we have power, don't we? But uh, Danny, you were offline a lot of today, weren't you? You you could not get your texts going. What a day. But uh, anyway, good afternoon. Welcome to the COB. I'm Juliet Sali. Yes, and I'm Danny Okuye. And what a day it was because, uh, well, in spite of half of Australia or 10 millions of Australians Mm. being offline, we have managed, I think, to have a green on screen day. And uh, flat, I think. Let's just get the boards up because. the ASX 200 oh, is uh, current. Up two tenths of one percent. Wow, so it's all turned in the last yeah. little while. Okay, the SIBO there, pretty flat though. Yeah, SIBO, SIBO flat, but the ASX 200 up about 13 points. And uh, as Jill said, two tenths of a percent. But really, today was all about... The Optus outage or outrage, shall we say. Um, certainly, as you said, what, 10 million customers affected? They're still only just coming back online mm. now. Uh, they have said that it was not a uh, cyber attack. No. It does seem like it might have been one of those updates because they yeah. occur overnight. The and good old down. updates, hey? Yeah, it went down at four. You <laughs> went to the gym at five, as you do. Six. Six, right. You get up at five. Sorry, I get caught. Any of, anything before seven is nighttime in my world. But... Um, <laughs> You know, and you were saying you couldn't get your phone to work. You didn't know what was going on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Andrew and I were both furiously restarting our phones a couple of mm. times until we vaguely, well, then I got home to the house that had Telstra and worked out that the outage was there. But look, this is this is really serious for it Optus. Is. And it's, it's also huge. serious, I think, for everybody to just realise um, that, you know... Our how connected inf- we are. How connected we are, our infrastructure, how important it is. Mm. And, you know, quite frankly, a lot of infrastructure across the world hasn't been invested in properly mm. and um, you know everything's fine until it's not until fine. It's not. And you think about all of these things that didn't work people like you that wanted to go down and get a coffee couldn't use your That's phone right. your Apple Pay um, it's it's been a huge thing and of course we are still trying to work out what was behind it. Worth noting of course Optus was taken over by Singtel several years ago I think 2017 Singtel shares in Singapore have been under pressure and of course as you would expect the beneficiaries have been the likes of Telstra. We had Scott Phillips from mm-hmm. Motley Fool saying, look, this is this is where you start to see the potential beneficiaries because Telstra is working very closely on its 5G network. Is it going to pick up not only individuals who are outraged, as we say, <laughs> but also businesses? But uh, James Hardy, another key story today. Yeah, great results coming out of James Hardy. It looked like there was a lot of short covering going on today. We'll check in and see how the stock price went. But at one stage, it was up about 13, 14%. Mm. So basically, uh, they are managing what is a very challenging environment o- 
over in the US, over in Europe, costs coming out of the business. As the CEO said, we're focusing on what we can control versus yeah. what we can't control. So uh, record cash flow coming out of the company and of course a $250 million share buyback to be conducted over the next 12 months. So um, yet again, another example how bifurcated the results are and uh, we'll be all waiting. Of course, we've got uh, NAD tomorrow and also tech companies like Zero mm. and Technology One coming up yep. over the course of the next week. And okay, when we go fill up our cars next week, because it always takes a week to, at to least, reflect. At, at least, least, at least. Are we going to be paying a little bit less because oil back at levels we haven't seen since July? Absolutely. It's really interesting that we are seeing quite a slump, not only in oil, but also in metals prices. <laughs> uh, it apparently very much derived from those China trade data that we saw yesterday in while imports were okay it's the exports there's also some very very weak data coming out of Germany and Europe which almost looks deflationary so you know typically when you look at uh, commodities metals oil it's they're all if those prices are starting to sink it is a canary potentially in the coal mine moment mm. for economic growth growth slowing so let's all just keep that in mind given that uh, there's still always so much concern over inflation Absolutely. All right, let's check in on some of the sectors. And we mentioned the telcos certainly in focus today. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got a tickle in my throat as well. Uh, just bringing those telcos up in terms of what we saw from the sector moves. There we go. Telstra uh, closing the session or about to close the session up by 1.7%. TPG Telecom, Spark New Zealand, Aussie Broadband all moving higher. Hutchison there fairly flat. And we're also going to have a look at the technology sector because we had a great lead in from NASDAQ overnight. And there we can see block uh, back in the green up over 3%, but pretty much across the board gains, particularly with Altium up by over 2%. And moving in on the miners, I mean, base metals were very heavily sold off uh, in the London session. BHP Rio drags on our market today. Fortescue coming under pressure too, but look, still above $23. And that was a stock that people had said were, was overbought at 21. South 32 down 4.1% today. Yeah, and uh, let's have a look at the energy sector as we've just been discussing uh, weakness in the oil price. Really only manifested itself in Woodside and Santos, which was slightly in the red, but Ampol, Viva Energy and Beach, all positive for the day. All right, well, we talked about a lot of those top stories, but we'll have a look again. James Hardy, of course, uh, really rising on that outlook, up by almost 14%. We touched on, on the miners there. And then Magellan was an interesting one, Danny, with its AGM today. Yes, uh, all I could catch up was that John Eels almost got crash tackled no. off of the board. <laughs> so I think that was another uh, media outlet having a little bit of a laugh. Um, but uh, yeah, that was an AGM there. Now, I found this challenge and I thought it was really quite interesting. So to quote one of our regular guests, and his name is Martin Crabb, I love a good chart. And for all of you uh, investors out there that are concerned about shorts, this is the S&P's latest ranking of the top 10 highest share borrowings. And uh, Pilbara Minerals is sitting up there with 20% outstanding, Genesis and Sierra around 16. And so it goes, Appen, Core Lithium, so just for those of us who don't really understand this, what, is it, what does it mean though exactly? 
So basically, you have to borrow the shares in order to short them because you're not allowed to have a naked short. Right. So if, for example, that you're putting your order into um, a trading platform and by accident you press sell instead of buy and you Ah. sell shares, basically that's called a naked short. So you're selling them because you think that the share price is going to drop and you buy them back at a level Mm. lower. But you have to, institutions and hedge funds, etc., they have to borrow the stock. So this is the outstanding amount that has actually been borrowed. Um, so ones, a lot of them aren't new names, Mesoblast, Bank of Queensland, IDP, Webit Nano, Appen, they're kind of all the names that have been there. But just bear that in mind when you do see some of the share prices take a tumble or conversely, when shorters have to cover. Yeah, all right. Well, Pilbara at the top there. But the stock of the day for us it was James Hardy. We had guests Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial, Sean Cartwright from Anandara Asset Management. It's pretty hard to put a buy on it right here. Um, I'd probably say we'd look to buy if it was to fall another 10%, pull back to where it was. Um, I think that they'll continue to do really well and I think um, profits and uh, revenue will increase. I think what we see, some of the reports we've read, um, is that as housing prices increases, renovations increase, and um, increased renovations obviously help um, companies like James Hardy. Um, I think if you've got it, certainly hold it. Um, I wouldn't put a buy on it right now, Uh, not until it pulled back a little bit. Pretty enviable position for this company to be in. They are very high quality. It's potentially a bit counterintuitive given everyone's pretty pessimistic on housing markets domestically and overseas. Um, But this is one that we do hold for a lot of people and we're happy to buy more off the back of the good report. Um, Again, there is still a lot to play out within the broader uh, landscape that James Hardy plays in. So I wouldn't be increasing your weighting too much. Um, But if you don't hold it, we'll be comfortable to add this to a portfolio. Welcome to the COB. I always forget that little drum roll that comes through. Rocco Panzerino from Macro Capital. Uh, the meeting between Prime Minister Albanese and Xi Jinping, you know, forging this supposed strong relationship. We're hoping all these tariffs will be rolled back. Uh, your view on the trade talks, particularly amidst the China data we had. Yeah, it was quite good to see. Um, we obviously had Anthony Albanese uh, meet Xi Jinping over in Beijing, uh, where they discussed a few things in particular. Um, firstly, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Um, seems it's making progress. Um, China itself didn't have any intention of joining um, the Trans-Pacific Partnership last year, but it's definitely followed through. Mm. Um, we've got Canada, Chile and Japan also involved in that, um, largely around the whole free trade and, and getting rid of these tariffs. Um, tariffs currently within Australia remain on lobster exports. Mm. Um, and wine and wine, uh, which is another big one, um, that were introduced during the trade war. Um, But Australian officials seem confident now that we can get these lifted. Um, Yeah, we've got uh, basically heading back to the Chinese market reasonably soon uh, with wine and 
uh, especially treasury wines as well. Mm. Um, a lot of people have been watching that quite closely. Um, so it's understood that the, the president has given strong indications that those tariffs are now under review, um, which that process generally takes around five months to complete. Um, and it, it will go soon um, with sanctions on lobster and beef. So at its worst point, we had a, uh, it was costing the Australian people about $20 billion um, at the heat of these tariffs, but it's slowly wound it down to about $2 billion. Um, so hopefully we can get uh, even less of that in the future. Mm. How were the, uh, the the data that we saw yesterday? Because we've seen quite a big reaction in commodities markets. Yeah, it's, uh, it was quite disappointing. Um, we had overseas shipments fall um, by 6.4%, whereas the expectations were 3.4%. So a pretty large miss on the expectations mm. there as well. Uh, on the flip side, it was good to see that imports grew uh, by 3%, whereas a 5% decline was expected. Um, so again, another big disparity there with the expectations and the actual figures, um, which is quite good for uh, the iron, iron ore shipments. Um, investor sentiment is quite bearish over in China at the moment. Um, we've got valuations just about as low as they can go. Um, and the MSCI China index is down more than 20% from its highs in January. Ooh. Yeah, It's been a, one of the worst performers, hasn't it? It has, yeah. with uh, 3 billion wiped off the index. Mm. Um, on the flip side, iron ore is at a 52-week high, or thereabouts at the moment. City have upgraded uh, a price of $130 a tonne. Mm. Uh, I saw which, that. Which we're not too far off now. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah, What's we're it to, about 125 wow. thereabouts. Wow. Mm. Yep. Uh, another, another one to watch out for is Thursday at midday. Um, we do have Chinese CPI. Uh, last reading was at uh, 0%, so no growth at all. It's actually expected to come in at negative 0.1% this Thursday mm. um, Did at someone midday. say deflation? Deflation. Ah, you did earlier. <laughs> um, so the stocks that we should watch, I mean, obviously you touched on Treasury Wine. We're probably looking at A2 Milk. We're looking at Fortescue with the iron ore price. Yeah, definitely. Tre- Treasury Wines, um, these tariffs introduced have, have caused their profits to drop by about 35%, mm. um, which is huge. Um, lifting of barley tariffs is, uh, are optimistic. Um, and as I said earlier, with the five month review, it will take some time. Mm. Um, so that process has just started um, in the last two weeks. Um, there's somewhat, somewhat like rolling treasury wines in the sense that they're holding a lot of their good stock back mm. um, for these tariffs to be lifted and the opened and, and send them yeah. back. Yeah, so they're keeping it pretty scarce at the moment. Uh, but they're making acquisitions as well, which we've seen over in California more recently. Um, Guidance is optimistic uh, with Treasury Rhines, especially in the second half of 2024. They're really preying on the, on these tariffs to be lift. Um, so if they don't, it would be quite negative for the stock. Um, but in the event that they do, which is likely expected at the moment, uh, it should be quite positive. Um, we touched on iron ore earlier. Uh, it's rallied 25% uh, since mid-August. Um, you've got uh, the CEO of Fortescue, uh, Dino Otranto, as well as lots of representatives from Rio. They're of the opinion that the economic development in China um, continues to be very strong and they're quite optimistic about the future. Um, so it's something to look at. They are quite elevated at the moment, um, the, iron ore, the iron ore miners, and they've realistically they've held up our market quite well. Uh, mm. If it wasn't for them holding up over the past few weeks, we would have been at a lot lower price on the index. Uh, but they're definitely one to look at uh, for the future as well with significant growth targets all the way out to 2050. Mm. Um, and China, Chinese stimulus that they've recently just passed has supported these iron ore imports. Um, as we've seen with the big disparity between imports and exports there, it's really keeping it alive and supporting this iron ore price. 
So interesting, isn't it? Because everybody said, oh, the iron ore price is going to fall, it's going to yeah. fall. And of course, it's done completely the opposite thing, yeah. hasn't exactly. it, Rocco? Exactly right. Yeah, surprises. Fantastic. Mm. Thank you so much for joining us. No Thanks for having me. All right, Rocco Panzerino from Macro Capital. Let's get you caught up on the after-close market leaders. Brainship Holdings. I was doing a bit of Googling on that one. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find any reason. Um, Imogene, they were talking about, uh, they had a, a conference or a, a webinar today basically talking about updated results for, I think it's called MAST, their, um, you know, a menu therapy thing. Right. Uh, yeah, James Hardy, we've discussed that one, up almost 14%, and Sayona up 8%, and Sierra Resources up 4.6%. So let's have a look at some of the laggards today. So, oh, there we go. We can really see um, the South 32 being sold off the back of the fall that we saw overnight in those metal prices, as well as gold miners taking a hit and uh, Capricorn Metals and Degray mining off by over 3%. Illumina also off by 3% and Champion Iron Ore as part of that profit taking that we saw in the big miners off or by almost three as well. All right, let's have a look at the small caps. Uh, well, of course, brain chip there and Amugen, as we just mentioned, and uh, rounding it out is, I don't know what that is, WA1 Resources. That looks a bit wonky, that that title. Uh, Coventry and Encounter Resources. And then to the downside in the small caps, 88 Energy, Sky Network, Ardea Resources, Tivan and Legacy Iron Ore. But their biggest loss, 7.7%. So not significant in terms of sometimes we see small huge cap moves land. in exactly. the small caps, don't we? So uh, you got to work, though. I don't know how you work out that a 0% move on a one cent stock is 7.7%. But that is above my pay grade and my maths ability. Let's have a look as well at what we are looking out for overnight. I mean, I think the key thing here is Jay Powell speaking. Absolutely. And then some big earnings. Disney, Under Armour, AMC, Warner Brothers. Absolutely. Uh, Disney, what a travail. You know, that's really been under the pump, that one. And the day ahead for tomorrow. What can we expect? And we have the Japan trade balance for September. The As uh, Rocco was just saying, China CPI and PPI for October, which is important. Earnings reports from NAB and Orica and a number of AGMs, Amcor, Degray Mining, Nine and Star Entertainment. How exciting has this AGM season been though? I mean, as you just say, John Eel's almost tackled. There's been yes. some yelling at Qantas. There's been... Actually, uh, there's a really good article from a Qantas shareholder in uh, a big media outlet paper. I think everybody should have a read of that one. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it's been an incredibly interesting AGM season. And well, registration, speaking of, incredibly interesting. Now open for our next virtual investor event. Small Caps Big Ideas is back for 2023 and will be bigger, better and faster. If you weren't a subscriber in previous years, we bring together 10 of Australia's leading small cap fund managers to each present one high conviction idea. And this year, we're throwing in a Fast and Furious special edition of The Call featuring microcaps chosen by you. You can register to watch live or on demand at osbiz.co slash smallcaps23. That is osbiz.co 
slash smallcaps23. And Danny, where did we finish on the ASX? 69.95, I think. Uh, 69.95, up 18 points, almost three-tenths of a percent. And we, if we can gab, there we are, the SIBO 200. Pretty much a flat on today. And a quick check-in just at the uh, little Aussie battler and what uh, the futures are doing. But looks like my internet has just completely... Uh-oh, are you on Optus? Hang on. No, I'm not. I'm actually on the internet here. <laughs> there we go. There we a go. bad joke here. We got the currency. So the Aussie dollar, let's just have a look at that one because uh, currently trading ever slow slightly up 64 spot 4 cents. And in terms of the pre-market futures, currently pointing to ever so slightly in the negative. But I believe there is quite a big 10-year treasury auction tomorrow. So people will obviously be focusing on what happens with that US 10-year treasury yeah, yield. and when Jay Powell speaking too, big night ahead. Absolutely. We will have it all for you tomorrow here on AusBiz. Stay with us until then. Well, see us, see you then is what I should say. Exactly. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning at 9.30 and uh, have a great night. Thanks. Thanks.